Welcome back to another Small Groups Equipped to Lead podcast. I'm excited to be back for the first episode of the new year. The topic that we're focusing on over the next few weeks is on community, something that is so crucial to our CU Small Groups. And to help us think through this, I have the joy to welcome Rick Hill. You may be familiar with Rick from a leadership course he ran with us a few months ago. But for those who do not know you, Rick, would you like to introduce yourself to us? Yeah, sure. Uh, thanks, Andy. It's really good to join with you in, in this podcast and, uh, and chat, chat with you today. So yeah, I'm Rick. Uh, I'm married to Sarah. We've two young boys, uh, Noah and Micah, and uh, I'm part of Corn Money Presbyterian Church. And, Very good. Uh, and I've been in ministry for around 15 years. So some of that was spent in youth ministry, working with both Scripture Union and, and as a youth worker in Carnmoney. And, and now for the last six years, I've been working for the Presbyterian Church in Ireland in the areas of discipleship and leadership. So really coming alongside churches and helping to resource them, helping to deliver training and all sorts of different and mm. uh, wide variety of stuff. And I guess personally too, I love the, I love the run and I'm part of a local running club and uh, try to train relatively hard and, and race when I can as well. So that's a little bit about me. Um, so we're talking about community, but this podcast is titled United to Christ. And the main topic of our conversation is looking at this unity with Christ. So why have we chosen to do this? Why is it important to understand our unity with Christ when thinking about our community? Yeah, um, I mean, I really love that as a starting point, actually. And I think it's a really good place. You know, it's an interesting question to start with, um, to think about our unity with Christ before we think about, you know, the concept of community, but I think it also helps us to understand that the concept of community, it isn't just this nice idea, mm. uh, but actually it has its foundation in, in how we've been treated by Christ first. So, so if we, if we understand or grasp that we were once, we were once outsiders to God's community. So mm. Romans five, Paul talks about us once being enemies of God. And so, you know, that, that helps us grasp that actually through Jesus' death, we have been brought into relationship with God and being united together in Christ. So that wasn't our reality. It wasn't our right. Mm. But but actually, Jesus has, has brought us into unity with himself. And because of that, or, or I, I suppose when we grasp that, we'll understand that that brings us then into the family of God. Mm. And through that family of God, then we get to enjoy the benefits of being part of, of that family. So that means we've, you know, we've access to the Father, we've power through the Spirit, we have relationship with the Son. And, you know, in some ways we could stop there or land there. And, you know, that's an incredible, such an incredible mm. thing just to think on and reflect on by itself. Mm. Uh, but, but the other thing that I think we'll go on to, to reflect on from that is that being united with Christ as part of the family of God brings with it, you know, unity with all of God's people. So that brings us into relationship with others as well. So, so, you know, we become sons and daughters of the most high King, but we also become brothers and sisters of this whole army of believers, including, you know, the great cloud of witnesses that have gone before us, but also then saints from, you know, alive today from every tribe and tongue who follow Jesus. And, you know, it's just it's just an incredible thing to think about, but also also to be part of, you know. And and, and maybe you know one thing I think to realize is that the community of God, you know, Father, Son, and Spirit, they were, you know, they've been present from before the beginning of time and before the foundation of the world. And so, 
and it appears, you know, they, they were in perfect working order. So, you know, there's this peaceful reality in the community of God without us. Mm. And yet we have still been invited and ushered into this community. And, you know, that, that just makes me smile when, especially when some people tell me, you know, that they really like their small group the way it is. and They don't really want to invite <laughs> others into it because, you know, God's small group was functioning just fine without us. Mm-hmm. And yet we were still welcomed mm-hmm. in, but uh, you know we'll maybe pick up some of that. Yes, that, I think those ideas later on. I think it will. That is that is quite funny. Is um already I've been thinking about this for a while, but already you've just blown out of the water a bit, and that vision of it's so much bigger than just those immediately around us. So even thinking of being brothers and sisters with all the saints that have gone before us, mm-hmm. I think that's a new thought to me. That's crazy. Mm-hmm. And then one day we can enjoy that in heaven, like as as that family. Um, so taking the concept of unity with christ on its own so where would you begin in helping understand what that actually means that is something that we'll read so often in the new testament especially with paul we're saying those who are in christ you in christ but what does it mean to be united to christ (laughs) help us think through that yeah i mean it's it's such a rich rich thought excuse me that we are in christ and i think we should be careful not to put just an individualistic spin on that Mm -hmm. so Oh, let's start there. So, yes, we are in Christ, which means, you know, assurance of our own standing before God. It means forgiveness for of our sins. It means you know, joy and hope and peace for now and for eternity. So there's, you know, there's so many rich spiritual blessings that, that come with being in Christ. And I mean, I guess I hear I hear people talking about that as a doctrine and a concept, but it needs to be a lived reality in our lives. You know, so in other words, this isn't just about the death of Jesus bringing me into right standing with God so that I can receive the, you know, the benefits of forgiveness and assurance in the future Mm. of which I will, you know, but that it brings me into relationship with Jesus and access to the throne room of God right now. And that we have access to the community of God now, you know, to use a Greek word, you know, that, that, that perichoresis, which basically refers to the relationship of the three persons of God. And some people have translated that, you know, captures the image of this divine dance that takes place between them. Mm. But, but you know, we're, in, like, as I said earlier, we're invited into that. So it's now, the, the benefits are now, the community is now, it's open and it's available to us. And so, you know, what does it mean for us to be in Christ? You've asked, it should be our lived reality, not just, mm. a, you know, a dormant doctrine, but it, mm-hmm. it's our, it should be our lived reality. So many of the dominant images of faith in the New Testament are their corporate words like family, you know, uh, brothers and sisters, themes of adoption, being mm-hmm. welcomed in as an outsider into God's family, you know, meaning that we have brothers and sisters and and that should, you know, being united in Christ. Then it's got that, if you look at it in terms of the cross itself, it's got this vertical axis, but it's also got this horizontal dimension. And I love this There's a quote from Matt Chandler and he he writes, what connects believers is the reality that we were all very messed up people, broken before a holy God, yet rescued and given new life in Christ. And what he's saying is that the, the thing that connects us together isn't, I know it's going out to students, so the thing that connects us together isn't our age. Mm-hmm. It's not our geographical location. It's not even our preferences or our, you know, our likes. But the thing that connects us together is that we're all broken and in need of Jesus. Mm-hmm. And I came across a brilliant little phrase. Um, I, I don't even know where I heard it. It was a couple of years ago. And uh, The ground is level at the foot of the cross. Mm-hmm. It's just this idea that we're all, you know, our status before God is we are we are all in 
you know, we all are at the foot of the cross, but that means that, you know, the only one that is greater than us is the one on that cross mm-hmm. or the one on his throne. And then we are all on the same level footing, level ground, level playing field. No one's greater than another. No one's work is more important. We're united in Christ mm-hmm. because we all need his mercy. And so for me, being united, sorry, being in Christ unites me together with others and it gives me a bond with other believers who become my family mm, completely and, yeah just mm. so say when you say it like that you know we're we're friends with those what we have in common with you know so like i'm a football fan so i'm friends with those that like football but then when we take it in that grand level <laughs> when we're all equal at the foot of the cross um we have everything in common in that sense and they were all brought together in the, this unity because we share everything in common which is christ and, and something i say i've said this when i speak before you know on the church or in these type of themes you know sometimes i, I you know i confess that i sometimes look around my church on sundays or even the small group that i'm a part of and I smile to myself because I think it wouldn't be natural that we would be friends. So, you know, we're different ages with different backgrounds. We don't we don't dress the same or think the same on every issue. We, you know, I'm sure we don't vote the same and with different interests and preferences and incomes even. And that's OK, mm-hmm. because we're not called to be like one another. We're called, mm-hmm. you know, we're called to love one another or another phrase is we're not meant to be uniform. We're called to be unified. So. Mm-hmm. We won't have everything in common. We, we actually shouldn't have everything in common. But as you say, who we have in common is everything. It, it is completely. As you started introducing this, you said, you know, it listed off a few things that we have, you know, blessing, righteousness, joy, and a few others you mentioned. Can you expand on that? Um, how can we understand that? How can we know that? Where are you get, getting that from? Yeah, where am I getting it from is uh, lot, lots and lots of verses in, in the Bible, you know, uh, and lots and lots of, I, I mean, I, I guess one, one verse that comes to mind is the verse I referred to in passing earlier on, Romans, Romans 5, verse 10, for if while we were God's enemies, we were reconciled to him through the death of his son. So that's the kind of stuff we're talking about there, you know, unity to Christ, how much more having been reconciled shall we be saved through his life? So it's, you know, it's this idea of what Jesus has done for us is it has, it has brought us unity with Jesus and that then that brings us into, into community with others as well. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I, I often think, you know, we can look at something with, a, I mean, even at the minute, if you take the example that uh, of the kind of difficulties that we're facing in our current circumstances, you know, so often the things that we turn to are our, physical benefits you know or our physical struggles but actually what well, i think there's, there's a moment at the minute where we need to be reminded of our blessings in christ you know mm-hmm. our spiritual blessings because our physical either blessings or struggles can change mm-hmm. but when you talk about you know being in christ and that list that you just you know referenced or, or listed off those things actually can't be removed from us definitely and that comes through that unity or being being in Christ. You know, Galatians says, for you who are baptized into Christ have clothed yourself in Christ. And this image being like we're covered, we're clothed in Christ. So then Christ becomes our righteousness. He becomes our status. It's how we're seen. When well, when God sees us, he sees us, um, but clothed in Christ, clothed in his 
beauty and his righteousness. And then I think just one other verse that's kind of related to this is, um, I don't have it here as my notes, but there's a verse in Corinthians which says, um, you're baptized into Christ, you're baptized into his death, also then into his resurrection, and you have now become a new creation. And I think that for me reflecting on is actually incredible knowing that once we're in Christ, we're baptized into his death. We have our old selves, we have died, but then we're raised again in him, with him. And now we're a new creation. This is who we are. Yeah, yeah, um, absolutely. And that changes things, doesn't it? It changes, mm. yes, it changes our our status. Uh, you know, I, I think when we were talking about 2 Corinthians 5, the new creation has come, the old is gone, the new is here. And that's, the, that's one of the benefits then of being in Christ. And, you know, it's a brilliant little thought that, but because Christ is in us, then that also means that he's, you know, he's also in every one of his children who follow mm. him today, right? Mm. So so as I connect with a church, my church, or as I work alongside others, or as you work alongside others in a CU mm-hmm. context, or as I sit with others in a small group, what does that what does that mean then for how I treat them? Mm-hmm. You, you know, because how, how will I view and listen to them? So, you know, if Christ is in you, Andy, you know, that means I want to be searching for Jesus to be seen through you and in you. And I and I want to make space for you mm. so that Christ can be heard through you. Mm. And so I think it means I, I don't want to dominate any group setting, mm-hmm. you know, and, and I, I don't want to overlook people. I don't want to write people off because Christ is in them mm. and not just me, you know, and it means I want people's voices to be heard. So in a small group situation, I, I want to, I want to learn from others, mm-hmm. uh, you know, from Christ through them, if you know what I mean. And, and so I think, it, it, you know, we're talking about the old is gone, the new is come. I think it, it completely affects and shapes how we view each other, not just what Christ is doing in me, what, but what he's doing in others too. And I mean, I guess, you know, for whoever's listening, I guess my advice is to develop a love and a heart for your fellow believers. Mm-hmm. You know, don't just make that a vertical thing. Um, grow your love horizontally for fellow believers. Mm. Yeah. And just as we're thinking through this, and as I was thinking through these two kind of podcasts on community, um, I came across John 17. And I think I might read all well, the little uh, section 20 to 26. Yeah. I mean, might read it all because I, th- I, I think it's so powerful. I love it. Um, yeah. I'd love to hear your thoughts on it. But yeah, bear with me as I read this. So this is from John 17, verse 20 to 26. My prayer is not for them alone. I pray also for those who will believe in me through their message, that all of them may be one, Father, just as you are in me and I am in you. May they also be one in us so that the world may believe that you have sent me. I have given them glory that you gave me, that they may be one as we are one, I in them and you in me, so that they may be brought into complete unity. And the world will know that you sent me and have loved me, even have loved them, even as you have loved me. Father, I want those you have given me to be with me where I am and to see my glory, the glory you have given me because you loved me before the creation of the world. Righteous Father, though the world does not know you, I know you and they know that you have sent me. I have made you known to them and will continue to make you known in order that the love ye have for me may be in them and I myself may be in them. 
so again this passage is almost completely what we're talking about we have <laughs> um, all of it is centered around this community this unity as believers but then grounded in the relationship between christ and the father and then us unified into that as well yeah i mean those words there i think at the end of verse 23 is it you know then the world will know that you've sent me mm. how will the world know that jesus has been sent by god it's actually by our unity mm. and, and you know there's, there's so many other things that could go could go in that in place of that you know i think you know by our by our impressive church programs mm. by our robust mm. theological arguments yeah. by our amazing mission weeks then the world will know mm. who jesus is i think i think i, I don't think it's john 17 but elsewhere jesus also says by this everyone will know that you're my disciples but if you love one another mm -hmm. so you know there's john 17 our unity will show the world by, by our love for one another elsewhere jesus is saying people will know you're my, my disciples and you know, so how we treat each other will affect people's view of the church mm -hmm. and actually ultimately their view of jesus and i don't know before if i've thought too much about one of the greatest missional strategies we have is actually how we love each other mm -hmm. and conversely then isn't it the case that when that's not shown that actually that could be one of the most damaging things, mm -hmm. you know, in terms of our witness to the world or how, mm -hmm. you know, how we're viewed mm -hmm. by the world as well. So, you know, it's an amazing thought, isn't it? For even for a small group leader to be thinking about actually how we do community mm -hmm. in this group can be missional or a witness to the world or to, you know, and I know it's, you know, very different this year, but in terms of, you know, actually the group that you host in your flat can be a witness to your flatmates who don't know Jesus or, you you know, the, the home that you live in can be such a witness to the street that you're a part of. Mm. You, you know, I think I think that's an amazing thing. And um, yeah, it's, it's missional, isn't it? Mm -hmm. It is. And that's that's the outworking or like, yeah, it is almost that outworking is seen in mission and people come to see Jesus through us and our relationship together and our community together. Yeah, I think there's just an encouragement there to pursue this. Um, we'll get we'll get into this more in the next podcast and how we do that. But also just from this passage, um, one thing that I love and has like stands out for me is it's almost at the end, that last verse. Um, yeah, and we'll continue to make known in order that the love you have for me may be in them and then I myself may be in them as well. So mm -hmm. thinking about, you know, we are in Christ. So then the love that God has for Jesus is the same love that he has for us because that's where we belong. That's where we are. And I think I myself is so quick and easy to forget that. But actually we're seen and we're loved as much as Christ because that's who we are. That's where we're in. Christ is in us. Yeah, and I, th I think you've kind of said, Andy, that we'll get into chatting maybe in next week's episode about more practical ways that we can develop that or how we can go about fostering that type of community. But just one thought strikes me, if anyone, you know, for anyone who's listening, particularly those who lead, actually one of the greatest things that we could ask God for is to foster our love for his church mm. and his people, his bride, mm. fellow believers, and actually ask him to do that type of work in our hearts and our lives first because actually you know if we get onto the practicalities of how we develop community if, if we don't have if that's not flowing out of a love for christ and a love for each other and actually it's just 
it's just hollow actually mm-hmm. and it's just technique it's just you know i don't know people management mm-hmm. but this is much more than that this mm-hmm. is you know so i think that's something that i certainly want to be asking god continually for mm-hmm. um, patience for people love for love for others and, mm-hmm. and kind of identifying him through through them as well definitely and if we again if we grow in our love for christ then it's almost comes hand in hand that will grow for grow in love for other believers and those else in christ yeah it can't we can't not love christ if we don't love the church and those who are in christ as well amen so we are coming to the end of this podcast which has been a joy thinking about um any final comments rick any final thoughts reflections yeah just one other one of the ver- you asked earlier on uh, where are you getting this where are you seeing this mm-hmm. one of the verse just from the new testament is one of paul's commands ephesians 4 is a brilliant chapter so that that might be a, a final comment actually to mm-hmm. say if you want to really think about this or meditate you know ephesians 3 and 4 actually is, is, is a brilliant meditation but something paul writes just at the start of chapter 4 he says be completely humble and gentle be patient bearing mm-hmm. with one another in love and then he uses this little phrase make every effort to keep the unity of the spirit through the bond of peace mm-hmm. make and I'm, I'm struck by that make every what does it mean to make every effort and i think that includes even you know how we speak about other how we speak about each other and how we speak about the church you know even we're talking here about the beauty of community and being in Christ, you know, but if we spend our lives complaining about the body of Christ, well, it's not really making every effort for a start, but, you know, if we're, people out there will never value the church if we, or the community of God's people, if we spend our lives mm-hmm. grumbling about it. Mm-hmm. And so, um, yeah, maybe it comes back to that, just asking God to do deep work in our lives and in our hearts mm-hmm. first. Um mm-hmm. Yeah, so that we can, so that we can make every effort, you know, and, and it, you know, there's no room for arrogance, pride. It's you know, be completely humble and gentle. Mm-hmm. It needs patience, bearing with one another. Love. Paul's almost hinting that it's, it's going to be hard. It's going to take mm-hmm. effort, and I think that's a key thing for mm-hmm. us. You know, this is this requires effort. Mm-hmm. Yeah, completely. I completely agree. And everyone that is in Christian community knows that it's not always lovely and easy but i think yeah just the final point as we close is that you know part of our unity with christ means that we're in christ and christ is in us it is christ working through us um he's doing this work it's not us so often i'm like i can't do this um i can't do it all the time but that's right we can't but christ the holy spirit is living in us and he's working through us for this work so we have you know the strength of him enabling us to have this community Amazing. Rick, thank you so much for your time here. Um, Again, I'm chatting with you next week, talking more into this area of community, more practically as well. Um, So if you're listening, please do stay around for that. It'll just be another 25 minute conversation. Um, And again, this podcast is aimed at small group leaders. So we feel like this topic is pretty crucial to your small group. Yeah. So do come again and listen next week. Rick, thank you so much for your time. Good to be with you. See you next week. See you next week. Thank you so much. Add it up.